You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Life on the Other Side of Should, a podcast of the Sheehive Women's Collective in Ferndale, Michigan. I'm your host, Ursula Adams. And I'm your other host, Sonia Mastic. And I'm your other, other side host, Jackie Smith. And each week we gather to debunk the pretty, pretty bullshit women have been taught to believe about themselves. And explore how women can thrive when they live life according to their own truth, or maybe rules. Well, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Um, this is Ursula, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host. Jackie? Jackie. Wow, I didn't, know was, I didn't know it was I'm Jackie. Sorry. No, no, it's really not. It's really not. Um, it's Jackie, or as I'm known in my um, professional circles, Jackie Smith. <laughs> Just Jackie. <laughs> Just Jackie. <laughs> and I'm Sonia. <laughs> so um, we're going to start off with a little beatboxing tonight, I understand. Oh, boy. Let's, let's not. <laughs> okay. Let's not. <laughs> so I can sing the Sanford and Son theme, but that's it. <laughs> Pweet it, pweet it. <laughs> Come on. Keep going. No, with no. It. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so, question. Who's got a shit on their mind? Oh, we, we always have shoulds on our minds. Yeah. Who's got a burning should tonight? Go for it, Sonia. My should is one that so many of you can relate to, and I'm just going to put that out there and say you can relate to it. You should care for your parents regardless of how awful they are to you. Yeah. I, it's it's a, the most annoying, shaming piece yeah. of crap that I've, <laughs> I've ever encountered. Yeah. So I'm but curious. not my daughter. <laughs> not applicable to the children we might yeah, raise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Although so I try not to be awful to my kid for this very reason, because I'm going to be old someday. Point. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Point. Um, also, because I try not to be awful. But who is it that you think, you know, besides our parents, that would say that to us? Has somebody actually said that to oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tons of people have said that to me. Really? Tons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it is it is framed in you should. You, yeah. you should do that simply. I'm like, simply because they had sex one night? Yeah. And so then I <laughs> yeah. came out and then they were crappy to me and now I'm supposed to take care of them? You know, like. Yeah. Well, that's really kind of all family, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and and it's just like that that chosen family, the people around you. Because I have a similar one, which is um, you should know exactly how I feel about this, and how dare you have insulted me. You should know that I'm feeling sensitive. You should know all this stuff, and and rather than owning what you feel, yeah. I I love the unwritten rules that other people have that you should just magically know. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they get really pissed off at you. And it happens a lot with family, mm-hmm. or maybe it was just the family that I I no longer take care of. You know, <laughs> that you know you should have known that. Well, how the fuck was I supposed to know? You know that yeah. it had to be yellow mustard and not brown mustard, and now you're forever my enemy. Yeah, <laughs> no more gray poupon <laughs> for the king. <laughs> no doubt, exactly. I, right? Thank you, because I was like, there's something I can do something there, and yeah. I can't. Yeah. I just got nothing. I got stuck. Yeah. So is there some personal obligation, though, because, you know, I went through this because I had a brother who passed away. And so one natural born sibling, he died in a car accident in 91. And, you know, I got along with my brother really, really well. Not always. We didn't get along when we were younger. But, you know, by the time he had died, we right before he died, you know, we were both teenagers and got along really, really well. And, you know, I would give anything to still have my brother, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when I see people that um, have siblings and they don't talk, there's this something in me, like, you don't know how lucky you are. That's what I thought for a long time, right? right? And now, you know, I see so my husband and his brother, they talk a little bit, but, you know, there was a time when his um, 
they weren't getting along and his brother wasn't treating him well or me well. And, um, and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I guess, you know, it, it's not that you should, you just, you know, you need to take care, you know, I miss somebody who cared about me and was mm. good to me. And it doesn't matter that he, I mean, it mattered to me that he was my brother, but that you're under no obligation to just by blood or marriage you know, yeah, take and, care of these people. And the problem too is, is this, is the, so my particular situation is, is my mom's mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And so my brother and I are in the process of caring for her against her will, against her wishes. But the problem with, with her, with this is that even the care that we're giving, I'm being shamed for not doing it correctly or not doing enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the issue is, is that she wasn't a great mom before. So yeah. you, you have this thing where like you, you sort of get a little more of a pass if you've built up this emotional bank account. Mm-hmm. If you've invested in that person and you've had good standing and then suddenly you get dementia or you get some sort of thing yeah. going on and then you're like, yeah, they're kind of an asshole all the time, mm-hmm. but that's not who they are. Yeah. And they were wa- you know, wonderful and lovely to me my whole life. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have that yeah. and you're like, you were just as you know, hard to deal with when you were well, that, that you are sick, right. mm-hmm. you're just worse now, you know, like, yeah. you know, like you, you know, don't, don't, don't lecture me on how to take care of somebody like that. You know, <laughs> I've been contemplating the word reciprocity lately. That's mm. a, that's pulled out of the word bank. Uh, word of the day calendar for you that today. That's a Bobby So the whole concept of, of reciprocity and, and there's a whole should in there. You shouldn't do things because you expect a return. And I, I, I think that's human nature to look for some kind of return. Um, you know, you let somebody in, you want the courtesy wave, mm-hmm. you know, you, um, you want the, the happy nod. If you'd like, oh, no, go, go in front of me or, or you pick something up for someone. There is an expectation of civility. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't actually do things for no return because I get a return because I feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big, big piece of it. And when you realize that the reciprocity is waning. Oh, yeah. And so with with parents, with siblings, with people that are really close to you, um, there is that that piece mm-hmm. of yeah. uh, of like, well... Hang on, I you you've emptied the bank account, the mm-hmm. emotional bank account. Yeah. There's there's nothing in there. There's no return on investment here. Especially so, if the reciprocity is is abusive. Yeah, like yeah. that's how they reciprocate your 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 good naturedness and doing things is that they have some sort of thing in their head that you're obligated, and I'll be abusive while you're obligated. And so yeah, it's it's just very yeah. it's hard. To it's me. hard, and and I'm sorry. I'm I've yeah. been through versions of that, and and um and there's no good way about it, and. You have actually just bought your ticket into the happy place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is a little bit of a segue, but not really. It reminds me. So we've been talking in the toxic workplace support group at the She Hive. Um, there's a lot of people there, myself included, uh, that actually have worked at nonprofits. And at nonprofits, they historically underpay you because they don't have a lot of money. But but they convince you that it's okay to be mistreated because I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. I've never worked at a functional nonprofit, yeah. you know, wow. some function more functional than others, but they, they, they abuse and mistreat you and underpay you and undervalue you because you're working for a mission. So you shouldn't expect anything in return. You should just be giving. And it would always drive me crazy. You know, and my mentor was the person I worked for at the nonprofit for a long time. Right. And, um, 
And he talked a lot about being mission driven. And I was always like, I get it. You know, this is a nice mission. It wasn't my mission, you know, mm-hmm. and I understand it. But I'm also here for a paycheck in my career. Right. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. and I don't feel bad for expecting something you know, in return for you know the I, work I get. <laughs> I'm in the process of breaking the mold of I should offer products at a really low cost so yeah. everyone can use them. Yeah. And um, then I realized that uh, you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if you can't afford, you know, um, um, a, an affordable level, so you're not going to, and that's okay that you're not my ideal customer. I welcome you as a customer and mm-hmm. I'm shooting for this person over here who, who will, who will keep the cash register ringing. Yeah. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's in different communities, there's a, there's a, you should do this out of the goodness of your heart. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah. especially if you're a woman. Especially oh, yeah. if you're a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and I'm, and I make a spiritual product. So I should, I'll probably give it away for free, but you know, the wax dealer likes his cash. And, so, you, and you like to pay your rent. And, and, and so I'm, I, uh, and get paid for my skill and my yeah. talent, my time. You know what my big, here's, here's how I, how I do though, cause I'm a woman is that I'm sitting there and, and uh, coming back from a, a buying trip and looking at how much money people are spending on different things and, and to get their return on investment. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing it this way anymore. I'm not going to try and get a deal. I'm using air quotes, a deal on, on a decent employee mm-hmm. because they're in a transition or maybe they're in a bad space and they're looking for a leg up, but I'm not going to have them for a long time. Uh-uh. I'm going to, I decided by the end of 2020, by January 1st of 2021, everyone there is going to be making um, a living wage, a decent wage, nice. uh, going rate for like being a GM of a manufacturing company of, of my level and, and not not trying to cheap it, including myself. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm going to fix our, our revenue to do that because that was a should I was living with for a long time. I should be doing this on the cheap all the time. And I'm like, nope. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be a scrapper anymore. Yeah. I think that's a big, it wasn't just a, when I started the, the She Hive, it, I had such a fucked up relationship with money, you know, not that it's a ton better yet, but you know, mm-hmm. um, and with myself too and my relationship to money, right? So, um, Everything had to be on the cheap. Like I furnished the first she hive of dollar store shit. You yeah, know, right. you know, it was right, right. it was cute, but it never realized, you know, how much money I could actually invest. And um Laura Khalil, who is one of the key holders at the She Hive, has her and I've been talking recently about the idea that money is just a tool, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um and you can do good with it or you know, you can pay your bills or yep. you can whatever. So and you know, you can use it for spiritual right. candles. And and and, 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 yeah. and my retail establishment, I keep doing like really low markups and stuff uh, uh, with with apology. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I either I'm either going to run a profitable business mm-hmm. at a right size and pay people the right amount of money and stuff like that, which I'm in the middle of of making those shifts, or I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you, you want to pull a should? Is it time for to get somebody else's should? But uh, before we pull a should from the should box, on anything else you want to say about the should about your parents? No, that's it. I mean, I don't want to go on about it. It okay. is just it is just a fascinating dynamic. I will yeah. say this though. To all the listeners, stop shaming people for that. Yeah, you don't know someone's journey. You don't know what the past yeah. has been with it, with the, the whatever, whether it's helping a friend or a family member. You don't. You just don't know. Yeah. So instead, take a moment to just be supportive and just say, you know what, I hear you. You know, I hear you. I support you. Yeah, and I good trust luck. you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, and and, and if you don't, yeah. you don't. You're a human being, and <laughs> yeah. you know, good luck. Yeah, right. <laughs> you and know? I trust I'll be here when you fail if you yeah. fail. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. So for those, this is the first time that you're listening to Life on the Other Side of the Should, we have a box of shoulds. It's a literal box with a big poop emoji on the top of it that is filled with shoulds that we collected from women at the Sheehive. And so this uh, week, Sonia's going to pull a should out of the should box and we'll be talking for the rest of time about it. This one's superb. Okay. It really is. It was you mine. Sh- no. <laughs> <laughs> is it of your I have, it's my, they're all my writing. Come yeah. on. The whole thing is me. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. You should always move forward, be better, go higher, and never move backwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, forward motion all the time. Positive all the time. Hustle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I always have my, my side hustle. I'm on the grind. I know. Yeah. Right. I fucking hate that hustle culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the one thing about being an entrepreneur. I'm like, what if I don't want to hustle? What if yeah. I just want to sit in my underwear today and eat popcorn and I don't know. Invite like, us over when you do. Yeah, watch the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> I know? went through the uh, Goldman Sachs 10,000 small business program and they they got a whole big thing of like, and what's your growth plan? And we want to track it because really that's how that it's funded. Mm-hmm. And um and if there's any entrepreneur out there, go reach out to them and do the thing mm-hmm. because it's amazing. Um, and they asked me um to be the the speaker for their class mm-hmm. to make the little speech. <laughs> and I said, you're gonna give me a microphone. All right, I'll do the <laughs> thing. But here's the thing: is I surprised them as as it was about. Almost six months after graduation that we finally had the graduation ceremony. And, um, and what I, and, and in my speech, I talked about, so then I got done with this program and I decided it was time to shrink. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they all went, you can't say that. I go, yeah, I can because where I wanted to go, I couldn't go with where I am now. Yeah. And it was the program helped me figure out where I wanted to go and where, where my trajectory was heading is not where I wanted to go. So, um, and and I do have some friends who, um, they're solopreneurs, and mm-hmm. and then there's the whole conversation with them. Once you get employees, they're like, I am not interested, and I didn't understand until I had different employee issues. But, um, but I was like, and I I spent the moment going, tell me about your journey on that, and why why are you great here? And, and I love it. I love that concept of being awesome with where you are. Yeah. You know, Amy, who owns Rebel Soul Cycle, had recently said something about, you know, every she's opened this cycling studio. They're paying their rent with a one one class. You mm-hmm. know? Like they're doing amazingly well. She's also a full time professor at Wayne State. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't know full time, but anyway, she's a professor at Wayne State. And, you know, it was just always her dream to open this body positive cycle studio. Right. And mm-hmm. she did it. And now everybody's after her. What's your growth plan? When are you going to franchise? When are you do you know going to open the next one? And she's like, I, I, I don't want to. I just wanted to have this one studio, yeah. you know. And I had um, a thing. This yeah, is my thing. I had a thing, right? And we were talking in the masterminds group one time about it. And she's like, I don't want to grow it. I'm like, don't. You're under no obligation to get bigger, to grow, to do. Mm-hmm. You go where you need to go, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I had um somebody tell me once in a performance review, you know, um back when I used to get those, um that um. I couldn't be trusted because I would take two steps forward and one step back. And just when they thought I was growing, I'd take a step back. And I was crushed at the time when I heard that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, motherfucker, that's how it works. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you can't live in rare air all the time. Yeah. You got to go back to comfort sometimes. Well, uncontrolled growth. What is uncontrolled growth? Cancer. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> I feel like I should get a prize because I answered that correctly. So we actually, do you know, we actually do not grow in, plants don't grow in sunlight. Yeah. They grow at night in the shadow, in the, in the darkness. 
So we don't grow from that constant positivity all the time. Um, I think that's a little bit more stymied. We actually grow as human beings through adversity and struggle. And from from stepping back and saying, hey, do I really want this? I got to be honest with you. Um, I have been really hard on myself these past couple of months. And I'm seeing it in the way I'm having conversations with people. So I'm literally taking a step back from from my interactions with different folks to say, I got to find out what's going on with me mm-hmm. before I can be there for anyone else. And scientifically, the thing that's missed in, in, is that everything in nature has stop cues. Yeah. Ooh. Nighttime, daytime. Okay. Um, and then so up until recently, we've even tailored all of our entertainment that way for our, our reptilian brains to comprehend. So we have commercials. When you're watching television, you have an end of the movie. And just like our lives, you are continually writing new contracts. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I sign on for another movie or I sign on to be done with this in the commercial because it's a stupid show. Mm-hmm. And so that this plays into a part of that, of, of, yeah. Just, yeah. of just like in nature, we're supposed, you know, and the way that our brains process and the way that it works is that we're supposed to have stopping points. Yeah. We're supposed to have breaks. We're supposed to even go backwards to go. What the hell just happened? Yeah. You know, that, it's really interesting. So I went and met with uh, Rachel Bellick, who owns Michigan Actor Studio recently. So I got invited to be a part of the Vagina mon- Monologues, which was a really, really cool experience, except I haven't been on stage since like high school, right? Mm. And it's not it's amazing. Act- yeah, it was so fun. But you, By the way, you're always on stage for the well, record. <laughs> well, that's true. But, you know, like on somebody else's stage, you know, I'm always You're like, I usually stage. own the stage. <laughs> exactly, right? So, um and so anyway, I went over and I had she helped me, you know, go through the monologue a couple different times and everything. And she was telling me, you know, I, I always talk too fast. And that was an issue in high school, too, the one time I got on stage. But, um, you know, so she's like, slow down. But she was telling me, like, it is so hard for us any longer to process the human voice. Because we are so overstimulated with, you know, we have so much coming at us all the time that the she's like, you got to slow way down because it's so hard for people to actually hear auditory, you know, this auditory, like, I don't know the the terms. But anyway, it really made me stop and think about like how much is coming. I never watch a movie where I don't have my phone in my hand and I'm playing band pop unless I'm at the movie theater. I'm not that asshole. But yeah. And I have those conversations. I I own a social media marketing company and I. It's called Rise Above the Din for those that don't know. Thank you. And, uh, but, but I, I'm in, in other parts of my life an absolute Luddite. I go, I take vacations that don't have Wi Fi or television. Uh, and then even in my own home at night, we limit screen time. We, li- we do have Sundays sometimes where we don't have any screen time all day. And we don't have the lights on and we, everything gets dark when everything else gets dark. And those are the best night's sleeps that I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff. But people are like appalled that are in social, social media, you know, also. And I'll tell them that like, oh, yeah, no, I, I encourage people to limit screen time and things like that. Yeah. You know, because we, we, we're losing that ability to process because kids and even adults now are afraid to be bored. They're afraid mm-hmm. to be sad. Mm-hmm. They're afraid mm-hmm. to be, you know, all these things that are totally normal to be. And it's important to be. It's the glorification of busy, you right. know, yeah. right? So you got to be busy at all. And time. distracted. And distracted. Yeah. Like right. you can't feel anything. You can't sit yeah. with that. You know, so Jackie was, so we always have dinner together. Well, always, you know. Most Every night. Every Often. night. <laughs> Frequently. Frequently have dinner together Upon before occasion. the the podcast. And so tonight at dinner, we we're talking about, you were talking about you had woke up and woken up. Woke, yeah, woken up. Yeah. In the middle of the night. All of a sudden, I've lost English. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
that happens to me at least four or five times a week. Like I have, so in the, in the old days, there used to have a first sleep and a second sleep. Mm-hmm. And so I've just, like, that's what I'm doing now. I'm, go, I'm mm-hmm. hearkening back to my ancestors. I have a first sleep and a second sleep, right? Mm-hmm. I always wake up pretty much in the middle of the night and then I'm up for a couple hours and then I fall asleep, you know, like four o'clock in the morning when I have to get up at six to be at a client site or something. And yeah. I wonder how much of it is because I've lost every cue and, and I really, um, I notice, like I'm not because um, my my spouse sleeps or uh, works at night, and so I'm home alone. So a lot of times I'll just fall asleep in front of the TV too. Yeah, and so like my brain's always on even when I'm asleep because the TV's always yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. You got you got to try that. You got to try some stop cues. Like yeah. set them in place for you of like I'm only going to use my phone for you yeah. know a half hour a day or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and see if you can do that. And see if you can sit with the boredom and see if it it, it actually fixes your sleep. Yeah, that's one. You know, that's that's my self care thing is that I actually want to go sleep in my bed every single night, and I've made it as nice as possible. Like you know, I got the, like the mattress cushions on there. I got a weighted blanket. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little fan in there. I've cleaned the whole thing so it actually smells nice. Well, mm-hmm. my side, my husband's side still. <laughs> smells like him but (laughs) which isn't nice apparently (laughs) well you know (laughs) sometimes you know but usually not while he's laying in bed farting and you know whatever (laughs) as they are want to do yeah as they're i might be alone that my husband farts in bed (laughs) i'm farting right now whatever (laughs) i know brian brian i'm not judging you honey you're fine Yeah, so I've done all these wonderful things to, but I can't get my brain to shut off right now, and so I have to pass out in front of the TV. So yeah, I'm really that. curious what some of those. Um, what are some of the other things you do to um, to? So Sonia's got this whole thing on lockdown. It sounds like no, oh. I'm, no, I'm just experimenting with yeah. it. Yeah, I don't have anything in life on lockdown. Let's be clear on that. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but, what so Jackie? What about you? What are you doing to um, slow down or take some natural cues? Anything? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I took I started taking a class, um, uh, a basics of spiritual development class from another um, uh, prof- professor, whatever spiritual person. professional professional. Thanks, and uh, and I'm I'm using her techniques, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's great because it's not the my techniques that I short circuited. You know, it's a new new batch. Yeah. So you take more classes than anybody I know. I, you know, I got to stop. You like the learning? <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Like every time I talk to her, I'm, t- I'm taking this new brand class. Yeah. I'm taking this new spiritual class. Anyway, So we got about 30 seconds. So really, can you uh, beatbox us out? I, I can't actually. I, I, I cannot. I cannot. I, like I said, I can sing you Sanford and Son. Okay. Is that Carter Sanford and Son right there? Are you yeah. just making shit up yeah. as you go along? Yeah. <laughs> you two are so awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs>